I'm Carol Joy Side, and welcome to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. You're listening to episode 47. This is a podcast to help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Well, today I thought I would kind of play a little bit with something that I've done in the past, but with a little bit of a change. So I have talked to you about what's on my nightstand. And that's always a fun question. I love to ask other people and I love to share what's on my nightstand. But today I had the idea that we really should talk a little bit about what's on the bookcase in the kitchen. I don't know if you have a bookcase in your kitchen. I know that sounds a little bit booky and nerdy, but I've always had a bookcase in my kitchen pretty much my whole adult life. And my mother was the queen of cookbooks and she actually read cookbooks like other people read novels. And so cooking was just a huge part of our lives and the food culture and shopping at Williams-Sonoma and Sur La Table. And it was just part of, you know, our, our home as children. And now as an adult, I have, you know, continued, but my cookbooks that I have tend to be a bit different than the cookbooks my mom had. I do have a few of hers that I've kept out of sentiment and just esteem for her. But uh, many of you know that I eat on um, kind of a low inflammation regime in, in my diet. And so many of the families that I work with are dealing with food allergies, food sensitivities in their children and in themselves often. And um, the, the links between all this kind of inflammation and learning disabilities. Some of you who've been following me for many years have heard me talk about a book called The Kid-Friendly ADHD and Autism Cookbook, and it's by Dr. Pamela Compart, C-O-M-P-A-R-T, and she's a medical doctor, and even though I'm not particularly engaged with her recipes, that is really not what interests me in the book, although I'm sure they're fine. What interests me is that she did over a hundred pages of research explaining why certain foods are linked to learning disabilities, attention deficit problems, even into autism. And those two foods that she identifies, and it's very technical, she's a medical doctor and a brilliant woman, are the two foods, casein, which is the protein in milk, milk products, casein, and then gluten, which of course is found in grains. And so casein and gluten are kind of the bad guys uh, when you're dealing with learning disabilities or inflammation, and also with probably weight, you know, as well. Those are two foods that tend to be very addictive. And Dr. Compart explains that when your child or, of course, adults as well, eat those two foods, one or both, that you actually get a rush like you're taking a drug, which is a great explanation of why we are so addicted to foods containing those two substances, gluten and casein. But I thought I'd share with you some of my tried and true resources that I keep in my kitchen. I have a big uh, bookcase, as I said, and in it are all my books on health 
and nutrition and home remedies, cleaning, you know, all these kind of things that I turn to for reference. So I um, want to start with just a couple books that are really helpful to understand this issue of inflammation in our lives. And all disease is linked to inflammation. So if you have arthritis, gingivitis, um, anything with an itis, that means inflammation or it's, it's a disease word. And so the book that kind of started me on my um, not very happy path because I didn't want to know what the book said, actually, I'll be honest with you, but it's a book called The Paleo Diet, paleo as in paleolithic, and it's written by a uh, professor at the University of Colorado Boulder. His name is Lauren Cordain, C-O-R-D-A-I-N. He is definitely not a Bible-believing person, and so you just have to kind of strain the bones out as you're reading his books. But my, what I appreciate about Dr. Cordain is the influence that he, um, excuse me, the information that he shares with his readers in the area of uh, hunters and gatherers, people that are living today that look just like you and I. They're not, quote, cavemen. But, I mean, he, he, of course, talks a lot about, quote, cavemen, but I just roll my eyes at that. But what I appreciate is the research, really, that was done by Dr. Weston, who is a famous dentist, who went to all these, um, you know, hunter-gatherer kind of uh, cultures, and he studied their mouth, their oral formation, their um, decay or lack thereof, and he found that in these hunter-gatherer communities, there was like zero incidence of cavities, of gum disease, of um, like the mouth being poorly formed, which we see so much in America from poor nutrition. And so he started an organization, which is now called the Weston Price Organization, um, based on his research and findings. And Dr. Cordain, you know, basically is saying the same thing, that in these cultures where grains are not eaten, because obviously they don't have pots and pans, you can't go out and just eat a piece of raw barley or something. It's not digestible. But when you cook it, of course, it becomes very lovely and very appealing to us to eat. But he explains that if we eat the way that hunters and gatherers eat, which is basically meat, fish, eggs, nuts, seeds, all any vegetable, any fruit, if you eat like that, then you're avoiding all the inflammatory foods that come from domestication. So um, I think his book is helpful. It just remember that he theologically is not on the same page as I am by any stretch, but it's a great understanding of inflammation and the foods uh, that are linked to them. A book that I really am excited about is a book called Grain Brain. Grain as in grains that you eat. Grain Brain by David Param. I don't know how to say his name, so I won't even try, but it's, it looks like a pearl and then a mutter, P-E-R-L and then M-U-T-T-E-R. And uh, he's an MD, medical doctor, and the subtitle is The Surprising Truth About Wheat, Carbs, and Sugar, Your Brain's Silent Killers. What a brilliant book. Oh my goodness, you will love it. He also has a cookbook that I've just ordered.
And then probably my favorite cookbooks that I've been using for many years, that my tried and true, would be the Gluten-Free Almond Flour Cookbook by Lena Amsterdam. And um, I believe she's Jewish. And she and her son are both celiac, which means they cannot have any gluten ever, ever, ever. And she has done the most wonderful, simple cookbook. And I love it because children can use it. She uses very few ingredients in her recipes. And she really is a gourmet cook. She has lovely desserts in here that your kids will enjoy so much. And um, a few of the ingredients I swap out. And I do that in all cookbooks. So um, I prefer using honey, raw local honey as a sweetener. And that's my only sweetener that I use. I also try to use coconut oil. Um, so sometimes I swap things out. And rather than chocolate, a lot of these cookbooks um, have recipes for chocolate, and that's up to you. But for me personally, I prefer carob um, for nutritional purposes. It also doesn't contain caffeine like chocolate does. And um, it just is a really a miracle food that John the Baptist ate. And so in Israel, it's actually where it's grown. It's called St. John's bread because it's the pods of the locust tree. So when he was eating locusts, he was eating carob. And so I love it. And uh, it's naturally sweet. Chocolate is horribly bitter if it's unsweetened. So it doesn't require much sweetening. And it's full of calcium and magnesium. And chocolate blocks our absorption of calcium. So it's a win. So anyway, those are some of the substitutes I make in her cookbook. Um, and I've adopted some of her recipes and adapted them. I love her Southwest salmon burgers. I love her muesli bread, which I, you know, I make some changes, but I do that all the time with, with cookbooks. But I love that cookbook and I use it all the time. Do you ever wonder if the modern homeschool movement has lost its moorings? How do we get the results with our families that were common in the early days of the homeschool movement? On February 13th, I will present a live webinar called Returning to Our Roots of Greatness. I will be sharing the secrets of the founders of the homeschool movement and calling us back to our early years of greatness. We will start at 9.30 Central Time and end at 2.30. You will have the ability to replay the webinar for two weeks after the live experience. The afternoon will contain a panel discussion with experienced homeschooling families that will be able to field the questions that you send in. Those who are registered will also receive access to a never-before-offered exclusive discount to my full online course, All About Homeschool. Register in the show notes below or on our webpage. I look forward to fellowshipping with you on February 13th. And my other go-to cookbook is the Healthy Coconut Flour Cookbook, written by Erica Kerwine, K-E-R-W-I-E-N, and they're grain-free, gluten-free, paleo-friendly recipes, and I love this recipe book. Um, I've not had a dud, I don't think, from anything I've ever made in it. Uh, I particularly love her brownies, which I've adapted a bit, but um, 
I, I just love this cookbook. And coconut flour really is a great flour to cook with. It's so low in allergy issues and it's full of all the right fats. And it's really kind of a, a miracle food. And then some of my other go-tos have been the Paleo Slow Cooker cookbook by R.C. Vartanian. R.C. Vartanian, spelled V-A-R-T-A-N-I-A-N, and she's Middle Eastern, and that is my favorite cuisine, and so I love her recipes. I think she's Lebanese, if I'm not mistaken, and I just really appreciate um, her cooking and her take on paleo food. And then when I got back from Italy, a trip to Italy several years ago, a friend gave me a great little find called Paleo Italian Cooking. Paleo Italian Cooking is by Cindy Barbieri, B-A-R-B-I-E-R-I. And these will be in the show notes. But she, you know, really has been very creative in recreating her grandmother from Italy's Italian recipes, but using paleo ingredients and substitutions. And she's a really lovely lady, it looks like. And then probably my favorite cookbook for entrees would be the Autoimmune Paleo Cookbook. The Autoimmune Paleo Cookbook. So there are certain people that are on even a stricter diet because they're so sensitive. They can't eat nightshades, things like peppers, tomatoes, eggplant. They can't um, be exposed to like spices like cayenne pepper, things like that. So they're uneven and they can't have eggs, which is really limiting. So the author of this cookbook, Mickey Trescott. She is actually on that um, regime and it's very strict. And so sometimes I think people who are on that regime just must want to just lay down and cry because they must feel there's just nothing that they can eat. But she's done a beautiful job of coming up with some really solid entree recipes. Um, I, I just love, you know, lamb. A lot of these cookbooks have lamb recipes, beef, of course, chicken, I love salmon, and these are the things that these people do a great job with and kind of think outside the box. And then if you have littles, I highly recommend a book based on the Weston Price nutritional philosophy, and it's called Super Nutrition for Babies. Super Nutrition for Babies by Katherine Ehrlich, E-R-L-I-C-H, and she's a medical doctor. Uh, subtitled, The Right Way to Feed Your Baby for Optimal Health. And oh, if only my generation had had this cookbook. We did everything completely wrong. (laughs) When you read it, you're going to be like, oh, why didn't I think of that? You know, that she's just so great. She thinks about how children um, need to eat foods that are very low allergen foods, and meat is the lowest allergen food, and how you can Um, introduce foods in the right order and avoid a lot of lifelong allergies that children are, you know, struggle with into adulthood as many of us do. And then I just bought two new cookbooks that I'm super excited about and wanted to share with you. One, um, my son is a real foodie. He and his wife are fantastic cooks and they eat very healthily in their house. And um, he loves the Cook's Illustrated um, magazine and, and the different, you know, their blog and their, their posts and things, their website um, from America's Test Kitchen, which is part of the show that's on 
uh, BB, on um, pri- uh, public television. And so America's Test Kitchen and Cooks Illustrated decided to do a cookbook on paleo cooking. I can't believe this, but it is so exciting because what JJ loves about Cooks Illustrated is the way that they, in their test kitchen, they test and evaluate and try and keep improving and do it again and do it again. And so their recipes, as he says, are just foolproof. And and it really is true. The problem is they really don't care about the ingredients nutritionally. They are more just trying to get the very best product, which I understand. But when you are on a limited diet, that doesn't work well. And so I'm so grateful that they came out with this cookbook called Paleo Perfected, a revolution in eating well with 150 kitchen tested recipes. And I just have to tell you about one of the recipes that I am just dancing in the streets over because when you eat paleo, very often, I'm so used to it, I've been doing it for like 11 years now, but for people who are new to this, they say things to me like, I just want something that crunches. And I kind of looked at them like, oh, well, have a carrot, you know, but, but when you're used to eating crunchy foods, you know, crunchy baked good foods um, out of little shiny bags, it's hard to give those up. And so this cookbook, Paleo Perfected, has the most marvelous recipe for crackers. And they're super easy. Um, And you just use the three kind of the holy trinity of grains that most people who eat paleo um, eat, which is almond flour, coconut flour, and arrowroot, those three things. And then you just throw in all sorts of seeds and on the top you can put various things, but it calls for sesame seeds, fennel seeds, poppy seeds. Um, It uses onion powder, which I don't care for, so I left that out. And it just uses egg white. And if you're a homemade ice cream person that uses egg yolks a lot in your paleo ice creams, it's the perfect solution of what to do with all those egg whites. So it's just a simple recipe and you put the uh, batter in between um, two pieces of parchment paper, roll it out with a rolling pin, peel the top piece off and just slide the parchment paper onto your cookie sheet, jelly roll pan, whatever, and you just bake these and they are amazing. And um, you can serve them at parties. People will be gobbling them. They'll be like, you make homemade crackers? Yes, I do. And it just, it makes such a hit. And for people who eat cheese, of course, it's a delight. But you can put almond butter on these or have them, you know, with your soups and your salads when you're wanting that crunch. It's such a gift. I, I'm super excited about this cookbook. And everything in it has been tested and tried. And so you're not going to have that horrible feeling of, oh, that was a dud. What a waste of food and time. Instead, you know, these are really reliable recipes. And then the last cookbook that I just purchased this week, because I'm kind of mentoring a young lady who is, I believe, on this um, diet. It's called The Specific Carbohydrate Diet. I believe that's the one she's on. I'm trying to find cookbooks that would help her find things that she can eat. And so I ordered this cookbook. It's called Carmen Sturdy's, just like it sounds, the word sturdy. 
And the name of the cookbook is Every Last Bite. Every Last Bite. And she has options within each recipe so that if you're paleo, if you are, she lists all these different types of um, restrictive diets that people are on for different reasons. And so she makes substitutions. If you're this, don't use this. If you're that, substitute da 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 So it's great for a family with maybe multiple food sensitivities or allergies or health challenges. She's kind of thought of everything. And I think you really enjoy her book too. So I love having stacks of wonderful cookbooks around because when your children are bored or when they're complaining about, oh, we always eat the same thing over and over again, it's so great to say, well, here's a new cookbook I got. Um, Page through that. And if it's a paleo cookbook, you know you're not going to be dealing with sugar, hydrogenated fat, white flour, you know, things that you wouldn't maybe want your children to be choosing to bake or cook. But this way you give them a, a cookbook that's within your kind of value. And then you say, if we can come together with the ingredients quickly, let's make something out of this cookbook. And giving your children ownership, because I find that children will eat what they cook or bake or grow. And so giving them more and more ownership into their uh, food that they're consuming in your family and making it a family deal instead of, oh, mom's on a new kick and now we can't eat hostess cupcakes, no fun. But instead saying to them, but you know, you can bake any dessert in this fabulous cookbook I just got and um, I'll help you any way you need to. So I just, uh, one last one that I thought of if you're really looking for some fun sweets, um, this, this cookbook is called Paleo Sweets and treats, paleo sweets and treats. And it's by Heather Connell. And she has, oh my goodness, I mean, some marvelous desserts so that nobody ever feels like they're, you know, being deprived. I love her gingerbread pear upside down cake. Oh, it is fabulous. And, um, you know, I always make substitutions. So she doesn't call for this, but I bake that cake in a cast iron skillet and it just I love upside down cake particularly made with pears and raw honey and you know just all good ingredients and it's guilt-free eating especially for special occasions we want our children to feel like our house was so much fun we always had wonderful things to eat and mom and dad let us cook and experiment and be part of the process and I think we're just building such lovely memories and we don't want to feel deprived ourselves and we don't want our children to feel deprived. So making cookies, making homemade ice cream, cakes, pies, blueberry pancakes, um, but using great ingredients. And then it's just a win on every level. So I just thought it'd be fun to share some of my new discoveries. I'm always discovering new things. So hope this is helpful for you. Feel free to check out the show notes. And in... Um, my school called All About Homeschool in my course that is available on our web store. Um, in All About Homeschool, uh, part of that course is my nutrition seminar called Nutrition Made Simple. So you might want to um, check that out as well because this has kind of been a lifelong study the past 
probably about 50 years of my life. And I'm just passionate about good nutrition and families eating well, but having joy in the journey, not feeling like they're living in a concentration camp, but that there's just blessings in eating well. So hope this is helpful. And I so appreciate you joining me today. If you liked what you heard, I'd appreciate a rating and a review on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help too. Visit my website, Carol, with an E at the end, Joy, Side, spelled S-E-I-D, caroljoyside.com, to subscribe to our weekly email and receive exclusive discounts in my online store where seminars and interviews are available. Be sure to tune in next week for my next episode where I help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Blessings. <music>